0: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win! Pressure, pass is picked off, and who?
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And we are a week away, just under a week, actually. I think the 27th is the official start date for camp. So we are almost to Packers training camp 2022. Perry, you'll be up there for a little bit. I'll be up there for a little bit in August. But we made it. You know, the offseason is basically over. This is our last show before we have actual Packers football to talk about.
2: I'm so glad. I hate the football offseason more than anything. Um, My life feels like not full capacity. You know, (laughs) Um, I can't believe we're recording this on Thursday, July 21st, which means that when you were listening to this on Friday, rookies have reported to camp. So we have made it, and I cannot wait to be up in Green Bay. I was talking to Maggie. I talk about this to anybody who will listen. I miss. Green Bay in the summer. I can't wait to be there. I can't wait to have a hinterland cherry
1: wheat more than anything in the world, and some cheese curds. Well, I'm gonna have to have a, a hinterland cherry wheat in my delivery room. But um, <laughs> <laughs> today um, on Pax, she said we're gonna talk about some underrated players that we think you know could have an impact on the roster that maybe we're not talking about. And, you know, the caveat here, of course, is that there's always going to be, you know, the starters that we are assuming will make an impact guys like Jair Alexander coming back. Yes, that will be impactful, but these aren't the guys we're talking about. We're talking about players that we will hopefully get to watch very closely during training camp that will maybe see more opportunities than we're initially expecting them to. So Perry, why don't you kick things off and give us your first player?
2: Okay. So yeah, the thought process behind this was exactly that Maggie. It was like, We're not talking about Jair coming back off injury. We're not talking about David Bakhtiari. Like, those are obvious. We're not talking about Aaron Rodgers being, you know, MVP again. We're thinking about guys who maybe have opportunities to, like, step up into some question mark roles, like whoever edge three is. That's not who I'm going with. But those kinds of players that we feel like will actually make that leap. And so um, my thought process for the first player is is more – position-based than the player itself, which is why it's kind of two players in one. But I'm looking at the role of Jaron Reed slash Devonta Wyatt, which is just being next to Kenny Clark, right? Being a producing defensive lineman next to Kenny Clark. And I talked about this a ton with Aaron Nagler this week, and I've been thinking about it a lot going into camp, which is how nice it's going to be to have someone taking snaps next to Kenny who can actually push the pocket, right? Like take away an offensive lineman cuz you need to block them and then allow Kenny to maybe not have as many double teams, right? And I think that what we're going to end up seeing is that the production of those two players may not necessarily come up on the stat sheet, right? But Kenny's numbers are going to go up and his production is going to go up because he has one of these two guys rotating in next to him. So Kenny can't be the answer because he's not an underrated player. But I think it's underrated that he's going to have the help he needs next to him and that production is going to go up because of that.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the thing I like about this, too, is that both of those guys will give the defensive line more options. You know, obviously, T.J. Slayton was drafted to be that kind of nose tackle. He could, I guess, rush off the edge in some packages, you know, with with Kenny Moore as the nose. But that's not traditionally what you would see him do. Tyler Lancaster was the same way. So Kenny, I think, had to take more snaps at nose last season than maybe the Packers wanted him to because he is, like you said, so good at generating pressure and pushing the pocket. So if you have a guy like Jaron Reed or Devontae Wyatt who can can let Kenny have the flexibility to move around, I think that's going to make a world of difference for the defense, especially with guys like Dean Lowry, where, you know, he had his most productive season last year and bringing in more defensive line help is Yes, going to help Kenny, but it'll only make those jobs easier for guys like Dean Lowry to get into that rotation and make, cause disruptions.
2: Yeah, exactly. So I think what's the underrated piece of this for me, and T, you can put TJ Slayton in this bucket as well, just the production next to Kenny being there, period. But anything like above average is going to make his numbers pop. It's going to make his job easier. He's going to, you're going to see, More pocket pushes, more pressures, maybe more sacks, Um, which is a crazy thought to think that Kenny Clark could potentially be even more productive than he's already been in his career with the Packers.
1: Yeah, that is kind of scary, but uh, I think Rashawn Gary falls into that same category where some of these guys are just going to keep ascending, and I don't think we can really find a ceiling for them, but... I'm going to stay on the defensive side of the ball and I'm going to kind of cheat the same way that you did because it's our game. So we can make the rules however we want to, but uh, I'm kind of looking at this third safety position with the caveat being that this could be whoever plays in dime, maybe including some corners. So looking at um, the vacancy left by Henry black, because I don't know if a lot of fans realize that he played in all 17 games for the Packers last season. It doesn't necessarily, you know, yeah, so he was on. I just had it. 24% of defensive snaps only, but 73% of special team snaps, which is one of the, th- the reasons that I wanted to bring that position up because we know that Rich Bisaccia, the new special teams coordinator, you know, he brought in Keyshawn Nixon with him to Green Bay. And he played even, you know, only 11 games for the Raiders last year, one start. But he was kind of that special teams ace for Bisaccia when he was healthy. And you know, another name to throw out there is Sean Davis, who right now looks like he has that third safety job kind of locked up. So I don't think, you know, maybe we've considered, you and I talked about this when we talked about free agents that could come into Green Bay and make an impact. That third safety spot is going to be playing a lot more than, you know, I think we maybe consider initially, whether that's on defense or on special teams. So there will be opportunities for guys like Sean Davis and Keyshawn Nixon, even though Nixon isn't a traditional safety and would be more of that fourth corner to take on some of those dime snaps and have huge roles on special teams for a unit that has been extremely underwhelming to put it politely for the last couple seasons. Yeah. I think that
2: spot is going to be definitely a camp battle that I look at just who's getting put potentially with the ones, the twos, et cetera, because there, there is fully a spot up for grabs. And after seeing how much Joe Barry used Third safety. I think another thing that I'm wondering is are we going to have more like two linebackers on the field instead, right? Like is Quay Walker going to fill that role potentially? I don't know if they'd want to ask him to do too much, but um, there's also Chris Barnes if you want to move somebody around. And then I know you and I love Tariq Carpenter. So that hole has the potential to be filled by
1: somebody. Yeah, and I think you know that's a really interesting point too with Quay Walker because you know the logic, of course, is like your best eleven defenders are going to be on the field. But I think the Packers are finally getting to a spot with their inside linebackers where they're maybe versatile enough that they can manage some of these substitutions where they don't have to take guys off the field right away. You know, if you had like Ty Summers out there next to um, Devondre Campbell, it's kind of a mismatch, right? If he's going up against like a slot corner, I think with with a guy like Quay Walker, you're looking at somebody who's athletic enough that you still wouldn't love them going up against like a Cole Beasley in the slot, somebody that's quick and shifty, but you know, you have more versatility to not have to take guys off the field and make substitutions constantly.
2: So if you were going to choose one, who's going to fill the Henry black role, who would you say it would be right now?
1: Well, I think just from the third safety standpoint, probably Sean Davis, I'll say Sean Davis from a more defensive snaps, Keyshawn Nixon for more special team snaps. So that's still kind of cheating, but that's just how I see it. No, yeah, it makes sense.
2: Um, okay, third guy. I think we're going to flip to offense now.
1: Okay.
2: Third guy is one that you and I like debated whether or not this is someone who is underrated. But again, it's our it's game.
1: Show. It's our show. It's our game. It's our game.
2: So, And I agree that he is because he isn't a bona fide starter yet, right? He is not Correct. someone who I can say definitively you will be on the field for 100% of offensive snaps. I think he never would be anyway. Even if he was, You know what I mean? And I think we're looking at Josiah DeGuara. And it's been a comment, not a comment, a discussion all offseason, um, a Brown, just what the tight end room is going to look like for the Packers. They actually brought someone in, signed someone today, um, so that clearly it's, it is still a discussion even within – Um, the Packers front office, you know, you don't know when Tunyon is going to come back. You don't know how much, you know, Mercedes Lewis isn't really a pass-catching tight end, although he has a couple of nice grabs every season. So that, that real, that guy, um, we assume and we hope is going to be Josiah DeGuara, who was drafted in the third round, right? He was a premium pick by all counts, top 100. And he hasn't really clicked yet, although at the end of the season, he was starting to come on a little bit more. He did lose basically an entire season to an ACL tear, so there's so much room for him to grow and there's so much room as a as an individual player and I think also within this offense, nobody lights up more talking about this guy than Matt LaFleur. So when your head coach clearly has all this like vision for you as a player, you have to think that there's going to be some kind of leap this season for him between that and just plenty of opportunity when it comes to playtime.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we talked about this. Devonta Adams has 123 receptions in 2021. So if you're looking at replacing that kind of productivity, you know, Al Mazzard's not going to have like 100 of those. And then somebody else is going to take 20. Like it's probably going to be like AJ Dillon has 15 extra. Aaron Jones has 15 extra. Randall Cobb has, you know what I mean? Like that ball is going to have to be spread pretty significantly. I don't think we're going to look at know any of the receivers on the Packers roster having over 100 receptions so a guy like Josiah DeGuara is a really good candidate to come in given you know the last couple seasons he's had you said dealing with injuries he had 25 receptions in 2021 so just thinking about him getting 50 catches you know what his numbers look like especially because like you said he was getting so much more comfortable and he's finally at the place healed you know he didn't have the COVID off season he had the COVID offseason his first year, same with Jordan Love and A.J. Dillon, so they didn't get to acclimate to the NFL as quickly. So I think he's really, you know, this third year for him is is huge as far as he's fully healthy, he's finally, like, ingrained in Green Bay. He'll have a lot more opportunities to really kind of make an impact for the offense.
2: Yeah. I'm wondering what this looks like. Let's say, I mean, I've been hearing that Tunyon's, Rehab is going really well, and there's potential that he could be back, like, even within the first quarter of the season, and that doesn't mean he's going to be back full form. We obviously know ACL injuries are really tough, and we have no idea what he's going to look like. I think it will be really interesting to see kind of the usage between the two. And I don't say that because they're not the same player. They're very, very different tight ends. But it will be interesting to see what the offense looks like with both of them back and how Matt LaFleur likes to use both of them. We've seen him use multiple tight end sets. Like, Are we going to get Tunyon, Deguara, and Mercedes Lewis on the field at the same time? Like, There's so many possibilities when it comes to the three of them that um, I think it's really exciting to think about what, what the Packers can do with both of them on the field.
1: Yeah, I really like that. I'm going to, I'm going to stay with the offensive side of the ball here, but I'm going to look at the offensive line. And I guess my caveat here, because apparently we're just making up all kinds of rules um, is that this person might not see the field at all, but it's Zach Tom. And I say that because I'm thinking of Josh Myers, who had unfortunately an injury riddled rookie season. And the hope, of course, is that he's able to play all 17 games and stays healthy all season. And then, you know, the Packers, you know, go into the playoffs and win the Super Bowl, yada, yada. But if that is not the case, I think Zach Tom honestly has, you know, one of the better shots at not only being the backup center. But playing backup at, at most you know, of the interior positions, I think he can even play right tackle. He played left tackle in college in 2020 when he was a redshirt junior. So just his versatility. You know, last season, the backup center, it was Lucas Patrick. He's with the Bears. Elton Jenkins, of course, has been a backup center. He's on injured reserve right now, rehabbing from an ACL. And then when he gets healthy, who knows where he'll line up, if he'll come back at left guard, if he'll play right tackle, or what that looks like for him. So. I think Zach Tom is kind of like the heir to that, that really versatile position where he can Swiss army knife and play just about anywhere on the offensive line. So maybe it won't be center, but uh, I just think that he is going to have the opportunity to kind of be the next man up at a number of different spots along the offensive line.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that the right guard spot is very up for grabs. Um, Obviously the assumption is that Royce Newman gets the nod just given that he played there all season, but I wouldn't say that he has that position on lock. So again, if we're looking at camp battles, this is probably one to watch because Packers tend to draft offensive linemen. Well, and if Zach Tom comes in, it's not a crazy statement to say, you know, this rookie could take Royce Newman's spot. You know, we've had Packers have had rookies star on the offensive line for as long as I can remember. So it is going to be one to watch. And I agree.
1: Underrated This is really interesting too. And I don't know how much you use our lads, but I just like to look at their depth charts because they keep them updated pretty regularly. But so as of today, 721, their depth chart, which is fascinating to me, has David Bakhtiari obviously as left tackle, then John Runyon at left guard, mm-hmm. Josh Myers at center, Rice Royce Newman at right guard. And then they have Elton Jenkins at right tackle. So I don't know who, you know, their their selection would be there in his place because we' are pretty positive Elton Jenkins isn't going to be the starter there, but instead they have the Nyman as a backup left tackle and Cole Van Landen as the backup right tackle. So obviously this is before camp. A lot of this will change, but I always like to see kind of where our lads has guys because sometimes they have a beat on things a little bit early before we do, as far as the depth charts or the initial ones, at least. That is interesting. Um, the right tackle spot is a huge question
2: mark for me yeah. too. Um, I don't even have a player to go with the theme of our episode that I feel <laughs> underrated to fit in this role. I have no idea. One thing I do know is that Packers will bring in their 12, however many they have on the roster right now, and they're going to make sure to find out who's going to be that starter.
1: Yeah. So then do you have other guys on offense? Are you going back to defense? Who's your uh, your next pick here for underrated?
2: Underrated... There are so many. Yeah. There there really are so many. I think there's so much opportunity on offense. I'm going to stick with offense. I feel like people, you are not, but I feel like not enough. Everyone's talking about Christian Watson, Christian Watson, Christian Watson. Obviously, he's the highest. Um, the Packers have drafted wide receiver in years. I feel like people are sleeping on Romeo Dobbs a little bit in this. Like, I think there is a very clear skill set that was lost a little bit with MVS leaving that he can fill, like, quite, quite easily. And I also think he's a player that, if we want to switch a little bit to special teams, like, can really make an impact on special teams. And what I've been thinking about recently is, do you really not want some of your best players to be playing on special teams like are you are you capping yourself are you capping this phase at a certain like lower potential by not having some of your better players play on special teams and i'm not saying that i want jair alexander out <laughs> there you know or or some of the guys you don't really want to get hurt but I think that there is something to be said for having some of your starters out there. And I think like a rookie wide receiver who is not playing a ton on offense, but being able to has all that athleticism and skill and potential on special teams as well, like a Romeo dub. So I think that we see him more than expected.
1: Yeah, I kind of want to like dive into the, the wide receiver position as a whole, because I think as far as like being underrated, it really feels like there's six spots that are already a lock. I would be absolutely shocked if any of Sammy Watkins, Al Nazard, Randall Cobb, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Amari Rogers weren't on the roster. So that is, you know, a pretty hard and set six. Then, of course, you've got guys like Malik Taylor, Juwan Winfrey, uh, Samori Toure, who was just drafted, with, you know, Watson and Dobbs. So I think that position in general and talking about not necessarily underrated from, like, the respect of the league. I don't think that's what we're talking about, but just, I think maybe we're going to see more contributions from these guys than we're expecting to, or, and maybe it's because fans are thinking about like, you know, thousand yard seasons and like 10 touchdown seasons. But I think as far as like the contributions that they make, like you said, even to special teams, we'll see them have more of an impact on the team in general um, than maybe, you know, we want to give them credit for because, I'm not sure anybody's going to have that kind of eye popping season that first year without Devonte.
2: Yeah. I mean, underrated as a unit as a whole.
1: Yeah. There you yeah. Go.
2: Yeah. I agree with you.
1: I am like this maybe is going a little bit off topic, but you know, knowing that, you know, Sammy Watkins was brought in. I've seen a little bit of comparisons to to Devin Funchess, and I don't really think that's fair, given that Devin Funchess hadn't been playing. And yes, Sammy Watkins has some of the injury history, but his draft pedigree. Matt Lafleur loves him and wants to utilize him what do you think his season looks like in Green Bay? I mean, do you think he kind of emerges as like one of the top couple wide receivers? Do you think he serves more of like an all-purpose background role? I'm just just curious what that looks like with Rodgers, you know, advocating for him and LaFleur talking so highly of him. I have
2: no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what to expect from him because to be honest with you, it's hard. I don't agree with the Devin Funches comp. I think in their primes, they were also very different players. Like they're just, they're yeah. not, the same player um Sammy Watkins to me and correct me if I'm wrong I always thought of him more as a deep threat Mm -hmm. um which again is a role that needs to be filled I don't know if he's still that deep threat right like he has had injuries so what does his speed on the field look like I think I'll be able to to answer this after I see him in camp But I will say he is going to be a starter, right? Like the way that they're talking about him, again, with the Devin Funches comparison is very different. This isn't a vet wide receiver that they're bringing in like Funches to say like, "Mm, maybe you'll make the roster or not. Right. Like this is someone that they are talking about that is a lock on this team that they are carving out a role for. I think it's a matter of like what just like what he ends up doing with it. I think if he stays healthy, this is going to be someone who's going to make like a real contribution. I loved when the when the Chiefs signed him. I thought that was like a really really good signing for like a Patrick Mahomes offense and then obviously he just couldn't stay healthy. So I don't know. I think Aaron Rodgers also elevates all the players around him yeah. to this potential. I also think there's something to be said for a player that knows this is kind of their last shot. Like there's some level of I don't want to call it desperation because that sounds has a very like negative connotation to it, but it's the only word I can think of right now is like a a desperation season where he's gonna try to get everything he can out of this. But I'm imagining him a little bit as like a filling in for MVS. Maybe that's wrong.
1: What was the the Aaron Rodgers quote where he said something about the wide receiver room about how there's like a lot of potential, but not a lot was proven? A lot of not we have a lot
2: of potential, not a lot of production.
1: Yes. Okay. So that that's kind of what it what it feels like to me with Sammy Watkins, and maybe this is insane. Maybe we'll come back to this in you know November, and people can call me an idiot. Wouldn't be the first time. But I, I don't know. I kind of feel like Sammy Watkins finishes the season as like wide receiver two, yeah. as far as what his stats look like. It just feels like a very comfortable spot to have him at for this room and I'm you know I'm not going to say Lazard is better Watson's better like I'm not going to do that I just think Watson or I think Watkins finishes out this group as wide receiver two for the Packers whether that's because he has proven production in the NFL and some of you know the other guys in the room don't but I think Rogers is going to elevate his game like you said so you
2: think that puts Cobb at wide receiver three
1: yes and I think Cobb is okay with that
2: I think Cobb is okay with that, too. I think Cobb is just happy to be playing with Rodgers again. He's
1: just happy to be there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think Cobb understands, too, that, like, he, yes, he he was very productive before he got injured, you know, even looking at, like, you know, the Rams game being one of his best games of the season, coming back. He knows he's not replacing Devontae. Nobody on the roster is replacing Devontae. So I think, to him, he's really leaning into that mentorship side of things where he's probably realizing, and maybe, you know, if Aaron Rodgers hangs up his cleats, maybe Randall Cobb does this season too, where, you know, maybe he leaves when Rogers does. So I think there's like the sense of ownership from a guy like Randall Cobb, where he's just very much, you know, he understands that Watson and Dobbs are like the future of the position. So you're trying to get these guys right for love or, you know, whoever takes over to, to fill that mantle, you know, when he's gone, now that Adams is gone when guys like Mercedes Lewis leave.
2: Rob, Cobb is definitely leaving when Rodgers does. There is no world where I see Randall Cobb staying with the Packers after Aaron Rodgers.
1: One more year with Jordan Love No.
2: Retires.
1: <laughs> does he stay in the NFL or does he retire, retire? Retire. I think so, too.
2: Retire, retire. I mean, hopefully after a ring because there's nothing I want more than Randall Cobb. That yes. ring. Honestly, maybe more than Rogers getting his second. I think I
1: want Randall Cobb to have one. Yeah, I would like David Bakhtiari and all those guys to get their first one.
2: Yeah, because I want to watch David Bakhtiari beer luge off of the <laughs> um what I was gonna say is that I also it's this isn't about underrated player, it's about underrated production. Yes. And I do think Cobb falls under the underrated production mm-hmm. bucket because Rewatching, So I've been re-watching some games from last season that Devontae Adams wasn't playing in. And when Devontae was out, Cobb played a lot. I mean, like a lot. There were games where he had, I'm trying to remember which one I watched recently, where he had two touchdowns. Like he, when you take Devontae out, he is the next up security blanket for Rodgers. And yes, he's a completely different player because he's a slot guy. But there is a world where Cobb's production is... Staying on the field, health wise aside, goes way up this season because, in those moments of scramble drills, or you have to be like a mind meld with Rodgers in this situation in order to get the ball, who's going to get the ball? It's going to be Randall Cobb.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. And I mean, even looking at his stats, right, we know he only played in 12 games but 28 receptions, 375 yards, five touchdowns. I think that's really fair to say that his numbers are pretty similar in 2022 and even add a couple hundred yards if, you know, he stays healthy for all 17 games. So I think if we said, you know, guys like like Randall, you know, you're losing Devontae, but Randall Cobb will have 500 receiving yards and five touchdowns in 2022 – I'd feel pretty good about the production of the rest of the wide receiver room if those were Randall Cobb's numbers. Now, if you've made the caveat, you know, Randall Cobb is wide receiver one and those are his numbers, then I'd be a little more concerned. But knowing the role that he had in 2021 and what that looks like moving forward, I feel pretty good about the state of the receiving core and his role in that as maybe wide receiver three.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. As long as it doesn't come at the expense of, like, an Amari Rogers getting getting to elevate
1: yeah, so let's let's wrap up with him because I think that we have some thoughts on him as far as, you know, offensive production and then, of course, what he could look like on special teams. All right, you, you take it away. All right, well, I mean, we talked about this a little bit pre-show and, again, we were trying to figure out who counts as underrated and, you know, what that looks like. But I think if we're talking about, you know, productivity in general, he's going to see some looks on special teams under Rich Pisaccia. And, you know, Kylan Hill probably won't be ready to start the season given the ACL injury um, and just what that rehab is like. So I think Amari Rodgers at this point is your de facto kick and punt returner. We'll see what camp, you know, looks like. We'll see if, if Passaccia wants somebody else out there, but I just, I'm not sure where he lands on that wide receiver depth chart probably you know in the the second batch as far as the slot receiver you know taking second team reps with like Jordan when Rodgers is working with guys like Watkins and Cobb and Lazard but um yeah i just i don't know i i don't see him having like a hugely productive season on offense but i hope that i'm wrong about that
2: so this is so funny because this never happens but i actually completely disagree
1: about his numbers
2: just about where he lands. So I actually think that he's not going to be the kick and punt returner this season. Like there is nothing that he showed last year that would make me think they're going to be like, let's bring him back. Right. Like there's going to, there's going to be somebody else who's doing this. Um, Maybe he's still on special teams, but I don't think it's in
1: maybe like a gunner.
2: Right. I actually think that, and I, I have no evidence for this it's just a gut feeling. I actually think there's going to be more of a push like from the coaching staff and from Rodgers to see what he can do on offense more this year. Like there's there's going to be a and maybe it's not at the start of the season but there's going to be a point in the season where it's like okay, we're going to we got to throw you out there. Like we we just have to know what you can do. And again, it's hard because you don't want this to be a situation where you're taking Randall Cobb off the field, especially if he's being productive and like they do share a role, but I also see a world where they can both be on the field. Like maybe you're putting Amari Rogers in the backfield with Mm -hmm. Aaron Jones or AJ, you know, there there's, there's some creative. I can see Matt LaFleur having some creativity with jet sweeps and motion and having Amari Rogers on the field. Because when I was watching the Cardinals game, him and Cobb were both on the field at the same time when Devontae was out and they were be, they were able to use both of them in certain offensive packages and i think they're going to say like again it's it is a Josiah DeGuara sc- scenario in my mind your third round pick we drafted you last season cuz we hoped to get some production out of you now we got to see we got to see that production
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, it's really hard, like you said, to have the duplication with Randall Cobb because, you know, Amari Rogers is 5'9". So it's really hard to say like, well, if Cobb's in the slot, we're just going to throw him on the boundary. Like that is a terrible mismatch. It's not going to happen. But if you talk about, we're going to have him on the boundary for things like motion and jet sweeps, then it makes more sense. And then I really like that as far as, you know, what that looks like. And maybe you have, you know, Randall let's, let's drum up a scenario where Randall Cobb is, you know, in the wildcat and Amari Rodgers is the slot receiver. We can have fun. We can think about all these different options for these receivers, but I'm curious, like, do you have any type of expectation on what his like you're picturing for like numbers? Does he get a touchdown in 2022? Or do you think he's more? Yeah. Oh, I hope so. I mean, okay. he can only go up from here. Yes. Like, like he had,
2: let's see. Four receptions for 45 yards. That's it. So we're looking at, when when we're out here saying we want more production out of Amari Rodgers, this is literally going from basically zero to something, yes. and I don't think that's too much to ask of him. I've also heard that he has been working his ass off this mm-hmm. offseason, that he's slimmed down, that he's leaner. So, again, like – and I think you have to keep this mindset, too, with some of these other rookie wide receivers. Like, this jump is real, and it's yes. difficult. So I'm looking more at him than I am at some other players to say, like, can you make that leap in your sophomore season? Can you be productive? It's all about the the relationship with Aaron Rodgers, also, just like another season under his belt of building that trust. So I hope he's not with Jordan Love and the second team in practice. You know what I mean? I hope he's getting his time, even if it's not a hundred percent of the time with Rogers to develop that rapport, because it's going
1: to be important when it comes to game time. So. Yeah, that's a really good point. I wanted to, to jump in and add that to where like, you know, it might be, you know, I know Packers fans get excited when they think about like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. And you could argue that one of the hardest spots to come in, is in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers' as quarterback, knowing the expectations that he has and the way that it takes him a while to acclimate with wide receivers. And, you know, it's not to say that that'll happen this season. I think he understands, you know, the writing's on the wall here. He doesn't have Devonte, He doesn't have a Jordy. He doesn't have a Greg Jennings, like a guy that can help usher in the young guys. Yes, he's got Randall Cobb, but it's not necessarily the same because Randall Cobb isn't your, like, bona fide wide receiver one. So I think he'll be more lenient this year, but developing that rapport is significant because these are guys that are going to be running out of opportunities to make connections with Rogers when down the stretch, they're going to need production from literally everybody.
2: Yeah. Yep. So more production out of Mario Rogers just means
1: touching the ball, touching the
2: ball. (laughs) Yeah. And I see it. I do see it. I see where he fits into this offense. I see how he's such a Matt LaFleur wide receiver. So and eventually, there is going to be a world, like we just said, where Randall Cobb is not on this team and Amari Rogers hopefully is the starter.
1: Yeah. So I think all of this really is just to say that we can't wait for training camp. And just about everybody that's not in that starting 22 roles um, could have an underrated impact on the team this year. But that'll all shake out in the next couple of weeks, next couple of months before the season opener in Minneapolis. But I think that's all the time that we have for today's show. Thank you, as always, for listening to the podcast. You can find us on Twitter at pwss podcast. You can find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitch at Pax what she Said. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Go Pack Go.
2: Go Pack